the nurse backed against the bedside table, wrenched by this sad, sad goodbye, when her hand touched a piece of paper. She picked it up and read, My dearest Janie, I forgive you. I pray you will also forgive me. I know that you love me. I love you too. Daddy. Welcome to the Parable Podcast. Thanks for joining Family Life on-air host, Randy Snavely, as he digs into the story lessons taught by the world's greatest teacher, Jesus. In this episode, it's part two of Next Level Love, the parable of the two debtors taken from Luke 7, verses 36 through 50. Here's a question for you. Has a mortgage lender ever called you up and said, I see you missed your payment last month, but don't worry about it. We paid it. In fact, forget about paying off the rest of your house, too. We will take care of it. (laughs) That just doesn't happen. But in this parable in Luke chapter 7, it did. For whatever reason, the lender graciously forgave both of the debts. And what makes it so generous is that the lender has taken on the debt himself. While the debt disappeared for the two men, somebody still had to pay it, and it's the forgiver who does it. The Lord does not end the story there. He ends it by asking Simon a question, which of them will love him more? I can just sense the Pharisee starting to sweat. This self-righteous guy knows the answer. It's obvious. He's not a stupid man. Yet Simon weakly replies, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. Now, why did he answer that way? Why didn't Simon say, obviously the guy who had the bigger debt? I think Simon understands that Jesus has just confronted him about his condition before God. You answered correctly, Simon, and you just made my point. Great love comes from great forgiveness. Jesus asked, you see this woman? Frankly, I don't think Simon really did see the woman. He just saw a sinner, someone trapped in her past. But Jesus sees her in the present. He goes on to say, I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Verse 47 reveals the secret of her transformation. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Forgiveness produces love. Forgiveness precedes love. This woman is not forgiven because she loves. Her love is evidence that she has already been forgiven. When Jesus said, her many sins have been forgiven, that's in the perfect tense, which simply means the forgiveness did not happen right then. She had already been forgiven at an earlier time. Now, we don't know when she initially met Jesus, but it was probably then when the forgiveness occurred. 
When she showed up at Simon's house, she had already been redeemed. She wasn't coming to receive forgiveness. She was arriving to thank Jesus for it. And in the process, her emotions got the best of her. Her love and gratitude for what Jesus had done for her became a flood, and it rained out of her. Gary Enrig said for the first time in her life, a man has made her feel clean instead of dirty. For the first time in her life, she can walk into the Pharisee's house and say, no matter what anyone else may say, that man has set me free from what I was. Simon the self-righteous Pharisee said it himself, when somebody has been forgiven much, they love much. That brings up a question. If gratitude is a sign of forgiveness, of what is lack of gratitude a sign? If I show a lack of love for Christ, what does that say about my relation to God? Simon did not love the Lord because he did not know the Lord. What Jesus said in verse 47 brings up another question still. Is there such a thing as someone who is forgiven little? You know, the Pharisees were notorious for classifying tax collectors, prostitutes, and anyone who didn't adhere to their practices as big-time sinners. Simon, on the other hand, would have thought of himself as being a little sinner. But is that distinction made anywhere in the Bible? No. The Bible makes it clear that God hates all sin. For something to get clean, someone else has to get dirty. And Jesus is the one who got dirty for us. John Owen observed, He who has slight thoughts of sin never has great thoughts of God. Inrig says that was Simon's problem. Because he minimized his sin, he misunderstood what God's forgiveness meant. Like the woman and you and me, Simon was spiritually bankrupt in need of a savior to cancel his debts. Jesus is the one who cancels the debt. He is the forgiver of sin. He doesn't say, God forgives you to the woman. He says, your sins are forgiven. You are listening to Family Life's Parable Podcast, Next Level Love, Part 2. It's taken from Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Not long before she died in 1988, in a moment of surprising candor on television, Marganita Lasky, one of the best-known secular humanist and novelist in this country, said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have nobody to forgive me. Our sins are forgiven if we've trusted what Jesus did at Calvary. Our response should be like this woman's full of joy and gratitude and love and affection for our Savior. Mr. Williams was a new patient in room 712. He'd suffered a mild heart attack a few hours earlier, but now his heart was beating slowly and steadily. He asked his nurse if she would call his daughter and let her know what had happened. He lived alone, and she was the only family he had. The nurse said she would call his daughter right away, but before she could leave the room, Mr. Williams asked for a pen and some paper. 
Mr. Williams' daughter was listed on his chart as the next of kin. The nurse called her. Janie picked up and listened to the nurse explain the whole situation. No, screamed Janie. He's not dying, is he? You can't let him die. He's getting the best possible care, the nurse replied, and he's stable at the moment. You don't understand, Janie said. My daddy and I haven't spoken for almost a year. We had a terrible argument on my 21st birthday over my boyfriend, and I ran out of the house and haven't been back. All these months I've wanted to go to him for forgiveness. The last thing I said to him was, I hate you. I'm coming now. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Silently, the nurse prayed, Please, God, let this daughter find forgiveness. The nurse tried to go about her other chores, but she couldn't concentrate. She wanted to get back to room 712. Finally, she gave up and went back to Mr. Williams' room. He wasn't moving. She could find no pulse. Code 99, room 712, code 99, stat! The nurse began CPR. After 15 compressions, she wondered where the help was. Oh, God, she prayed. His daughter is coming. Don't let it end this way. The door burst open. Doctors and nurses poured into the room and took over. Tubes and syringes, and finally the paddles were used. God, please don't let it end this way. His daughter needs to find peace. And then it was over. Mr. Williams was gone. Slowly, the medical personnel sadly filed out of the room. The nurse was stunned. How could it end this way? When she left room 712, the nurse saw Janie standing by the water cooler speaking with the doctor. He was gripping her elbow as she slumped against the wall. Hurt was evident on her face. Her eyes looked wounded as the doctor moved on. The nurse went to her and took Janie into the nurse's lounge. Nothing was said for several moments as Janie looked straight ahead. Finally, the nurse said, Janie, I am so, so sorry. I never hated him, you know. I loved him, she said. Suddenly, she whirled toward the nurse and said, I want to see him. The nurse said, are you sure? She squeezed her hand, hoping Janie would change her mind. But Janie said again, I want to see him. Walking hand in hand, the two walked into room 712. The nurse pushed open the door, and Janie moved to her father's body. She buried her head in the sheets and wept. The nurse backed against the bedside table, wrenched by this sad, sad goodbye, when her hand touched a piece of paper. She picked it up and read, My dearest Janie, I forgive you. I pray you will also forgive me. I know that you love me. I love you too. Daddy. The nurse thrust the slip of paper toward Janie. She read it, then read it again. Her tormented face grew radiant. She hugged the piece of paper to her chest and said over and over, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
His forgiveness is free. His forgiveness is freeing. And His forgiveness is final. And not to love Him for it is not to have grasped how amazing His forgiveness is. been the Parable Podcast with Randy Snavely. Click the subscribe button so you'll know when new episodes are released. And be sure to check out Family Life's other original podcasts, including If That Makes Sense, Business by the Book, and Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Your partnership makes podcasts like this possible. Find out more at familylife.org.